0: 60 years ago, everybody in this hotel disappeared. Every last person.
1: and welcome to Scream 101. I'm Brennan Klein.
0: And I'm Shannon Chalakian.
1: And today is our second week of Italian Horror Month, so we'll be discussing Lucio Fulci's The Beyond.
0: But before we go forward, we must go back. Something um, very important and very significant happened this last week that we want to uh, shine some light on and talk about his golden years. So, Brennan, what are we talking about?
1: We're talking about David Bowie, who recently passed away of cancer at the age of 69. I think he'd appreciate that, actually but <laughs> it was three days after he released his latest album, which is crazy cause it was kind of unexpected from literally everyone in the world.
0: Yeah. I'm sure those sales are going to go through the roof now.
1: Yeah. Well, there, if there's one good thing to be had out of this, um, but in honor of David Bowie, we watched Labyrinth and instead of doing 10 word reviews, we're just going to talk about that a little bit and him a little bit. Yeah. Um, I hadn't seen Labyrinth since I was a child. So, it it was a pretty new experience for me, actually, because I remembered kind of the the gist of it. I remembered there was a goblin king and David Bowie's crotch is huge, and of course, dance, magic, dance, but. Like the details of the movie were also kind of new to me, which was fun.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And of course, Jim Henson the, and the muppetry of it all is, is uh, fantastic.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I'm nearing the end of my Muppet marathon with Sergio. It was kind of fun to tack on another Jim Henson feature to that because I'm still too scared to watch Dark Crystal. But um, Labyrinth is super fun. It's part Wizard of Oz, part Alice in Wonderland, and it's just kind of... I mean, the, the broad strokes plot is essentially Jennifer Connelly needs to learn to share. Yeah. But once you get down to the nitty gritty, it's just Jim Henson going crazy with the most creative, disturbing, super weird imagery that he could. And basically everything that he comes up with is pretty genius.
0: Yeah. And so to talk about the movie in more of like a specific sense, there are some parts of this movie that I especially love and we loved watching together. Uh, First of all, Ludo, Uh, smell bad Smell bad ludo's my favorite character in this movie he is adorable he's this giant monster thing that jen for uh cuts loose and he's really cute and giant but one of the best things about him is that he can call rocks to him and because you know rocks are his friend um so he just like makes this noise and then the rocks come to him but he's great um and they're of of John Jennifer Connelly's like little gang of friends, I guess. There's also Hoggle, who no one cares about. Who cares about Hoggle? Uh, but <laughs> he's a character. character. Yeah, he's a character. Whatever. Um, but his other character, Sir Didymus, he has a steed named Ambrosius, and you won't forget the name because he talks about it all the time.
1: Ambrosius, come, come here. Ambrosius. Ambrosius, where are you going?
0: <laughs> Faster, Ambrosius. Uh, yeah, it, it, it was a. Uh, it's quite spectacular.
1: Yeah, it's 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 just a fun movie. David Bowie's actually pretty good in it, which I wasn't necessarily expecting because mm-hmm. musicians turned actors don't work out all that often. Yeah. And he wrote pretty much all the music for the film, and it's some of his more family-friendly stuff, but yeah. it's still super David Bowie.
0: Yeah, um, and he's got quite a an interesting acting career, too. I mean, he did the Prestige... And he's done other things. He did um, the
1: vampire film *The Hunger* in
0: 1983? Yeah, that's right. I mean, that's right. He does other stuff. So, uh, anyway, David Bowie. Uh, sorry, you're dead. <laughs> but um.
1: Uh, a great uh, *Scream 101* send off. Just real quick about him. Yes. I I don't want to spend too much time. This is gonna be like half our episode. But when when he passed away, I I wasn't completely heartbroken because i'm not the hugest david bowie fan and a lot of people pass away and it's just kind of part of what happens but then when i thought back about it like i looked on my itunes list of all the david bowie songs that i had and i was like holy crap david bowie is actually really influential in a lot of the music that i listened to when i was a child which i didn't realize like i came to all of them separately and they didn't kind of conglomerate together in my head until just now yeah but like he one of my favorite songs by him changes was quoted in the beginning of the breakfast club and that's how i found that song and it's such a great song and of course there's space oddity there's heroes which they ended up using in moulin rouge and of course my all-time favorite life on mars which they also covered on american horror story but he has this massive collection of hits and then there's ones that you wouldn't even remember being him like Let's Dance, or Modern Love, or Suffragette City. He's done so much, and I was very shocked by how much I had there, and I just wanted to pay my respects. So thank you, David Bowie, for molding my childhood without me even realizing it.
0: All right, so now to go into the beyond, Brennan is going to read the plot. We tried we try to use Shudder to watch it, and um i shudder at the experience because it was awful uh it shutters in beta and it just didn't work i'm sure it'll get its stuff together eventually but meanwhile we just had to watch it on amazon
1: yeah, which well- you can
0: do you can watch it on amazon mm.
1: and we'll never be promoted by Shudder. <laughs> okay here's the plot <laughs> gruesome deaths occur when a woman inherits a hotel that is one of seven gateways to hell that's really all you need and that's all you get
0: <laughs> and it's cute because it rhymes it does that's
1: that is nice. The Hell Hotel. Yeah. actually I mean motel Hell isn't is a movie that exists and it's good. Check it out. Anyway, let's start with our scores.
0: And as always, there will be spoilers. We score on a five-point scale, scariness in screams, campiness in perms, gore in severed limbs, and quality in unlucky stars. Brandon, why don't you start us off with scariness?
1: Okay, my scariness rating is three out of five screams. This is an Italian horror movie that I actually hadn't seen before because it's not part of the giallo movement, which was kind of the prototypical slashers, which I'm more into. But I'd heard a lot about it, just in in vague terms. I had no idea what the movie was actually, what it encompassed. I just knew that it was weird and Lucio Fulgi, so experiencing it for the first time it's so weird and unpredictable that it kind of creates this sense of I literally don't know what's around the corner and you're actually kind of scared by that I don't know it's a different type of fear than I normally experience but it was fun to just step into this weird alternate dimension of film what do you think
0: yeah absolutely uh I'm actually I'm gonna give this a four out of five nice I know it's v- usually it's very surprising, especially because we watch slasher films that have high gore effects and less less on the scare factor. But I agree with what you're saying about how it kind of was just a very tense environment as far as you didn't really know what was going on. Um, and you didn't really know who was in power. It kind of reminded me of They Live in that sense where it's like, y- you know, you're starting to see this bigger picture, but you started off knowing nothing. Uh, and there was also, the effects were done amazingly well. And it was so much personal injury that you kind of like felt it on your body when it happened. Oh yeah. And uh, there's just this there's this one scene which we're not gonna talk about it later, but there's a um this one scene involving spiders that is just <sighs> really dragged out. And that was a really cool thing about these shots too is that they took a lot of well rested time to build tension. Um, a lot of the fight scenes took. A long time Like it wasn't just A hit and run out of the door Like you'll see in A Friday the 13th movie Or in Halloween You know It's not a mad dash To run away It's more like a You know You can see the characters Are in shock Of what's happening And and trying to assess Rather than trying to fight Which is really Really interesting Um So altogether I think it was Very scary So Yeah Yeah Um Campiness
1: Uh For me I rated it 2 out of 5 perms In campiness Mm Mm-hmm. All Italian films are kind of essentially a little bit campy. Mm-hmm. This one, um, I wasn't laughing so much at the Beyond as just embracing the weirdness that it contained. So I only gave it two out of five. But there's this one scene where um, the main character, Liza, steps into a bookstore and the clerk just keeps giggling. And it's so strange. <laughs> and he he's clearly this super Italian guy, but he's overdubbed with this... It's like a, like a Zach Galifianakis southern accent, yeah. like the one that he would do. It's like, oh, you haven't sold those books yet? Oh, that's too bad. Yeah,
0: Y'all come back now, you hear?
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, So just like there are scenes like that where the weirdness pushes past the threshold of scary into just something totally bizarre. And that's why I gave it two out of five. But other than that, there wasn't a lot Yeah, to actually laugh at.
0: Yeah, I agree. Uh, I also rated it two out of five. I think part of the campiness score is just kind of the fact that it's supposed to be set in Louisiana, um, which we discuss. uh, But you can tell fairly clearly that it's not Louisiana. Um, There was actually, I I turned to Brennan during this one scene where uh, the main character, Liza, was driving a car down what seemed to be like a highway. But it was, it was really weird. It looked like it was by an ocean. Which was it looked
1: like it was in an ocean.
0: Like, yeah, it was very strange. The highway
1: um, w- was like directly across a giant body of water. And I was like, you know, that giant uh, Louisiana ocean that we got right in the middle of it right there. Right,
0: yeah, exactly. Um, but... Literally driving down the line, like down the middle. I I turned to Brennan and I was like, I bet these Italians were like, I don't know, do they drive on the left or the right? I don't know, we'll just have them drive down the middle. Just to put them in the middle. Yeah, exactly. And here's another thing. There was an Italian guy who was dressed in overalls, had a a mustache and beard, and uh, was a plumber. And I was like it's me, Mario, because it's literally Mario. I mean, his name was Joe.
1: He's Joe the plumber.
0: Joe the plumber, but he's an Italian plumber, so you're Mario.
1: Yeah, well I don't think Mario gets his eyes gouged out by zombie arms, so it is slightly different. And He'll
0: probably do that in the new 3DS game.
1: Yeah, probably. (laughs) What did you rate it on gore, Shannon? I'm excited to hear what you have to say about this.
0: Okay, I rated it a four out of five gore. I was so impressed by this movie. I was very very pleased. And just from the beginning, like first of all, you got people who have torches inside a house, which already my mom's senses are like that's a bad idea,
1: you know. <laughs> and they they had to um they had to get to that hotel to torch the guy. They had to like take a boat across this marsh. It's like, a
0: bayou. It's Louisiana.
1: Yeah, whatever. But I was like they had to really plan ahead with their angry mob. Like yeah. I don't feel like I could sustain my anger for that long. Like by the time I got to the bog, I'd be like, "You know what? Maybe I'll just go home, take a nap." Yeah. Watch some uh some naked dating. Oh god. Whatever. This awful reality show we've been watching clips of. Um
0: but yeah, so they come in on these boats. And it reminds me kind of like a Geary Wrath of God. Like it's very like documentary style, long shots of people just standing, like sitting in one place, you know, holding these torches. And they go in, um, but back to the gore. So they have the torches and then there's this main guy with a chain, right? And he's holding this chain and they take the this main character. His name is like, felca or something
1: shrank something weird in german
0: yeah it was strange um but they hit him with the chain right and usually when you're with the chain you just bruise or whatever but every time they hit him with a chain it ripped his skin but in this like really cool way like not just like a typical slash but like super cool um and then they they crucifixed him to the wall which was also very dramatic and then they like I don't know they they like burned his face with like cement or acid or something, and this just went on throughout the entire movie. Like every every shot, every time they had gore, it was something different. It was something new. It was something fun. And there was a lot there was a lot of blood effects. Um, and some of them some of them hit better than others. Some of them were really good. Some of them were like a little over the top, and you could see like the blood coming out in a in a kind of like a weird way. Um, but altogether. I love the diversity of it all. I loved how deep the cuts looked. Um, very fun, especially when they all got up in, as zombies and you get to see the, the work all over again. So yeah, I liked it a lot.
1: Uh, yeah, I, I also gave it a four out of five severed limbs. Um, Lucio Fulci is on a lifelong crusade against the human eyeball. Yeah. Um, I think there's there's at least three separate scenes of eyes being ripped out. Maybe mm-hmm. four now that I come to think of it. Cause
0: it's Martha...
1: There's Martha. The, um, someone gets a nail through the back of the head, and it pushes out her eye. Right. Um, Joe the plumber gets his eye gouged out with a thumb. Right. Um, her friend, who's who wants to like build something I on think the his name hotel, was Marty or something, something like that. But he gets his eyes eaten out by spiders,
0: tarantulas. Yeah.
1: yeah. I I think that was probably the scene that freaked me out the most, gore wise, because I I see a lot of gore in my yeah. line of work, <laughs> but that scene like because it's italian so it's kind of fakey but still you're like a spider's ripping out his eye yeah. who came up with this why yeah it was Ooh, it was intense
0: yeah it was so good i'm like
1: yeah i just it's so funny because shannon will sit through whatever like uh prestige pictures like shannon does not like the sixth sense which is one of my favorite movies but we're sitting here watching eyes being nibbled out by spiders and she's just glowing like <laughs> Like, like when a pregnant <laughs> woman walks into the room and you're like, you're just glowing. And it was like, Shannon is pregnant with eyeball gore.
0: Yes. It was <laughs> oh my so God. Good. You have to tell the joke.
1: Speaking of, I heard a joke at work the other day, which totally relates. Trust me. Uh, let's get this started. Um, so this expectant father is waiting in the waiting room for his wife to give birth and the doctor comes out and he's like, all right, uh, your child is born. Uh, they're seven pounds but there's one problem. And the dad's like, what? What's the problem? And the doctor's like, your kid has no arms. And the dad's like, okay, um, well, we can work with this. Like, I will love my child anyway. It's my child, so we can get prosthetic arms for it, whatever. And the doctor's like, and another thing. And the guy's like, what? What could possibly be worse than that? And he's like, also, it has no legs. And he's like, well, I was okay with the arms thing, so I guess we can keep going. I mean, it's not ideal, but we'll get prosthetic legs and it's still my child and that'll be fine. And the doctor's like, uh, there's one more thing. So he takes the dad into the room and sitting in the bassinet is just a giant seven pound eyeball. And the dad's like, what the hell? What could possibly be worse than this? And the doctor says, well, it's blind. (laughs) And, it's just the weirdest joke I've ever heard, and I keep thinking about it. It's so fascinating.
0: And it's, it's the second weirdest joke I've ever heard. Oh, no. It's the third weirdest joke I've ever heard. Um, one of which, the cookie joke you tell... Which we're not going to do. That, that would, that would do. be a whole separate podcast. Yeah, that's that's yeah, it's a whole hour-long podcast. Um, and another joke that I have to tell you later, but I won't say on air. Ooh. I know.
1: Keep the intrigue. Hey, mm-hmm. if you want to find out the joke, tweet us at Screen101Pod.
0: And I will tell you the joke. Um, But yeah, that was great. I keep telling that at work. It's hilarious. It's so much fun. Yeah.
1: But Shannon, what would you rate this movie on quality?
0: Uh, Four out of five. Nice. I definitely, not only would I watch this again, I think it's it, it definitely is on my top ten list now um that's great i know it's saying something i enjoyed it so much i am sort of upset that you compared uh Lucia, what's
1: his name lucio fulci lucio fulci you compared him to michael bay well okay no he's he is an artist i was trying to explain to shannon the difference between dario argento and lucio fulci because dario argento's gore is very like stylized and beautiful and yeah. kind of not even gore at some point you're like i don't know what i'm watching but it's gorgeous yeah I said he was the Steven Spielberg and Lucio Fulci was the Michael Bay because Lucio Fulci's like let's just get right into this, stick our hands in and pull out some pig guts and we're gonna have a great time. Yeah, like he's just ready to go with all the explosions and everything. And that yeah. was my comparison. I'm not. I wasn't okay, talking okay. About in terms of artistry.
0: Okay, but you know it has to be said that this was very artful the way that that this was done, and there were some things that um, I didn't know even know that they were still doing in the '80s or were doing in the '80s, like like the. Um, Another thing about eyes with the eyeballs, uh, one of the things this film I'm sure is known for, it's in the it's in the poster, is they're wearing these like really weird contacts. The ghosts or whatever, um, or the the people who've seen hell, um, that look kind of like eggshell green. And I didn't even know that those sort of things existed back then, or if they were even safe to wear. Probably Um, not. Probably not. But that was really, really creepy too. Oh, yeah. Uh, so definitely would watch again. Had a great time. Um, it's. I also feel like it's something you got to watch in the dark and you got to watch with like nine people in a room, you know?
1: But not with a shutter subscription.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs>
1: All right, and I gave the Beyond three out of five unlucky Lucky Stars, which is one of the rare occurrences where Shannon likes our movie of the week more than I do. Yes, which is fantastic, and I'm glad. I'm so glad it was this one. <laughs> um, I I prefer Suspiria to the Beyond, which I think is acceptable. That's
0: okay. It's the Fred Astaire. Like you, you prefer Fred Astaire to my Gene Kelly. That's that's how I'm gonna compare it.
1: Yeah, no, that's totally fine. I mean, I totally agree that it is an artistic film in a different way. Yeah, I think. My favorite scene of artistry is the opening flashback because it's got some really cool editing techniques that it uses that it, they're very uh avant-garde and it's cool for but for me the the pacing was a little off. I wasn't a huge fan of the non-eyeball ripping scenes and especially in the end, there's like this whole zombie resurrection scene that, Feel shoved in, and I was researching it, and it was because the, the German distributors were like, zombie movies are super big right now. Can you put some zombies in there? And he was oh, like- Oh, really?
0: Okay. So it wasn't a zombie movie?
1: No. Oh. I mean, it wasn't a zombie movie to begin with. I mean, like, The Beyond is not a zombie movie as right. it stands. It's got a zombie ending.
0: Yeah, because I know that there was, there was like a clear ending where I was like, okay, now credits are going to roll. And then it like cut to the next scene, and they were- at the hospital or something.
1: Yeah, basically. Like it does feel very tacked on the ending does. And Yeah. Friggin' guy. Um there's there's a doctor that this lady teams up with. Hot doctor. Yeah. He has uh, okay, hot uh, does not automatically include intelligence. Right. Because he he has to learn that you shoot the zombies in the head like eight times in a row because he's always like he shoots them three times in the torso and then in the head and they die and that's happened a couple times so like a normal human being would recognize the pattern and learn that but every single zombie that comes up he's shooting them like maybe if i shoot them in the foot it'll work Poof. well i'm out of bullets see you later yeah and then he just throws the gun away and i'm like You could have shot so many zombies in the head if you learned anything, you stupid, stupid man.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Anyway, so I was bothered by the zombie ending and by the pacing, but other than that, it is a cool artistic film. And I'm rambling on for too long, so let's move on to our favorite segment, Champion Dialogue.
0: Champion Dialogue. This movie was not a movie that I was like... Checking my boxes with the with the um my notes uh you know because I was so I was involved in the film I was I was in it uh so I had to like post try to remember a funny phrase or, or something that I liked which also is very hard because a lot of the dialogue is written really weird because it's an Italian film oh, yeah. it was dubbed in etc. uh but Brandon remembered that I had laughed at this one part and I agree it would be my favorite scene or my favorite um uh, dialogue so. Liza Liza with a Z not Liza <laughs> with an S uh so Liza is talking to Marty who is uh, what I'm gonna name him uh who is the architect who's trying to like make renovation renovations on the hotel and keeps asking her to like expand and do all this stuff and she is talking to him and says like I don't have money for this um and so this is a follow-up conversation you see that them have this conversation like three times. This is a follow-up conversation, and she says this.
1: Martin, I've already told you I don't have the money. Do whatever you want to do as long as it doesn't come. I have carte blanche. Carte blanche, but not a blank check, okay? Okay. That is a good line. Like, out of all the lines in the movie, this one actually feels like there might have actually been a screenplay for this film.
0: Yeah, maybe a little. But yeah, I just thought it was funny, uh, and that he genuinely didn't seem like he was trying to, like rip her off i think he was really excited about the project like oh he totally was yeah he was like and we could do this and we can do this and she's like i don't have money and he's like but we could do this and so she's like all right like you do what you want but you ain't getting my money
1: he's kind of like an overeager dad he's like it's a fixer upper. upper will turn the basement into a playroom yeah Uh, that's exactly
0: what he says Uh, too bad the basement is flooded with the undead
1: yeah that's true yeah it does make it hard to make it a playroom for for children, at least. Yeah. Uh, anyway, my champion dialogue, I'm, I'm going off book for this one. Um, there's not actually a clip for this because all it is is a sign in the hospital that says, do not entry. Yes. And that's my single favorite thing about the Beyond. Because, I mean, it was Italian translated into English. And because they're trying to sell it in American markets, it, it's set in Louisiana. Um, but some things just don't work. Because if you have an all-Italian crew, no one's going to catch that. And it slips past everyone, and I thought it was cool.
0: Yeah, it's great. I also love the sign for the hospital, um, where it's just this, it's a white, just like, it looks like a white cardboard sign that someone stenciled on the the (laughs) word hospital. Uh, So I I think that's another thing that I appreciate about this film, is that. Some of the things, though, they were very artful. It's it felt like it was just a really good student film.
1: Yeah, it's handmade.
0: Yeah, it was. It was, and I admire that. You know, because it was. It was like they were really MacGyvering it. They were. That's not even the right word. You know what I mean? They're, they were like they're yeah, using all they, their they resources. They were being innovative with their yeah, resources. Mac- exactly. MacGyvering
1: makes sense. They're like, well. We need to make a hospital sign. We got some poster board and some fecal matter. Let's see what we can do.
0: Yeah, exactly. And and it was so good. And there were times where you're like, wow, like this totally passes. Like it totally, you wouldn't know that you made it with limited resources. So it was cool.
1: Cool. And so who was your favorite character in this film?
0: My favorite character was a hot doctor. Um, <laughs> there weren't that many. Well, I mean, there was a, it was a small cast, but not a lot of the characters were fleshed out, you know? Because some of them um, were undead flesh, anyway. <laughs> uh, but my favorite character is definitely Hot Doc. He he isn't conventionally attractive, um, and he looks like Indiana Jones. He's just like kind of scruffy and wears all tan and is like grumbly, like Mer! Um, But in in the end, like saves the girl, saves the day, um, and yeah. So I just thought that he was funny because he he's like too logical to believe that any of this exists and he's like trying to find like a logical reasoning and then at the very end of the movie they like walk off into the middle of hell and then they get those like weird eggshell looking eye contacts in and he looks so genuinely afraid. Oh yeah. He's like crying um, because he, he like I feel like it's a sudden realization that he was wrong and he there wasn't any sort of explanation and this was supernatural and she's like so zen next to him
1: yeah she seems super cool with being trapped in hell
0: yeah exactly i think it was just her being done you know she's like okay like this has happened now
1: she's like i can't even with this
0: right, yeah exactly meanwhile he's like having a life crisis
1: but oh my god that scene i i hate it when people announce their profession and then say something super stupid like yeah. he's like I'm a doctor, so I need a rational explanation for this. It's like, no, you just need a rational explanation. That's fine. You don't have to be a doctor. It reminds me of the uh, Eli Roth classic, Knock Knock. These two girls are talking to Keanu Reeves about fate, and he's like, well, I'm an architect, so clearly I believe that you create your own design. And I'm like, that's the most stupid, dumb, idiotic thing I've ever heard anyone say in a motion picture film. Uh, The end, I don't like it when that happens. My favorite character... Is Martha and Arthur, Um, which is technically two characters, but no one can pronounce their names in a way that's intelligible. Their names are Martha and Arthur, but they're always together. So they're Martha and Arthur. But they
0: never are. They actually never are together. Oh, yeah.
1: They're never together in the same scene, but they're together when people talk about them.
0: Because they came along with the the house. Yeah. With the hotel, which is never really explained, but...
1: Yeah, and they're super supposed to be like evil and weird, but then they get menaced and killed by the Hellmouth. So I, literally, I had no idea what was going on with them. Yeah, so
0: and my theory is that they know about the undead, and their entire deal is that their goal is just to keep, like, keep the the wall um, cemented over. Okay. You know, like that's what I think. Is that makes deal. sense. They're the guardians of the of the seventh door to 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 hell. Um, but I'll yeah, take I it. love, I love Martha and Arthur.
1: Yeah. I was just so intrigued by them. Yeah. And so moving, moving right along, what was your favorite scene?
0: Um, my favorite scene, uh, was the whole tacked on zombie scene. Uh, okay. I know, I know it was just tacked on, but I, I guess I like that I can qualify this movie as a zombie movie and say that like there's another zombie movie to my top list, which I'm excited about. Um, but I just thought it was so funny because, first of all, zombies moving slow. I always like zombies moving slow faster than than zombies – better than zombies moving fast. Um, and he's having that, that trouble trying to kill them because he's not very smart. Uh, but they keep, like, running into the lab and running up and down. And they find Jill, who's, like, this evil girl who –
1: who who vanishes for like a full hour and yeah. then comes back in the very end?
0: Yeah, she's literally she's like a subplot that like comes back for no reason other than oh she sticks her hand in the girl's face and almost rips out her eyes. Yeah, and um, she gets
1: shot in the brain. Yeah, oh yeah, hardcore. And her, that her was a brain explodes.
0: So good. But one of my favorite parts is the zombies part of this whole scene was the zombies are like trying to get in this door, but they're just like running into the door very slowly. And it's, I don't know, it was good. It was funny. It was intense because it was like scary, but the zombies weren't being scary. It was just dr- dramatic. I don't know. I like that scene. Yeah.
1: And I have a confession to make. Okay. Uh, my favorite scene is also from that segment of the ah! film. Um, it's when the main girl, Liza, she looks down at her hands and she realizes that they're bleeding. Like she has weird stigmata and then a whole bunch of zombies burst through the window behind her and grab her. Oh yeah! Like I think that's one of the coolest shock sequences because it's so out of the out of the blue. Because at first you're like, "What the hell is going on with their hands?" and then suddenly zombies <laughs> burst out of everywhere. Yeah. And that was fun. It was a good scene.
0: Yeah, and and we had been watching another movie that I will not tell you what we watched. We were watching another movie where during that movie, like three different times, there were characters who were standing in front of windows who like a similar thing happened. Yeah. So I was like more attuned to be like, okay. She's standing directly in front of a window. We know what's going to happen.
1: That is true. That's one of that's one of the rules. Don't do that.
0: Exactly, exactly.
1: Let's move on to our Blood and Black Lace segment, which is our special Italian Horror Month segment, where we talk about things that are kind of specific to the Italians and their weird style of filmmaking. Yay. Uh, so first of all, what was your best shot? Hit me with your best shot, Shannon.
0: So um, what I thought was the most artful shot was Liza and Emily. Emily... <laughs> Let me explain, Emily. So, that weird driving scene where, where Liza's driving the car down this highway with no one else around in the middle of the highway.
1: Across the ocean.
0: Across the ocean. This this movie is so weird, you guys. Um, there's just a woman with a German shepherd. It's always a German shepherd. In all any movie where there's a dog in a horror film, it is most likely a German shepherd. Um, but drives almost into her, stops in front of her, and then this woman gets into the car and they drive to her house. Um, anyway, so, Eliza made this friend Emily. Emily is the blind girl, um, blind with the weird eyeball thing. Uh-huh. Uh And they're talking in this in this house, in Emily's house, and Emily is, like, explaining, is starting to explain about the hotel. But it's really cool because the focus is on Emily, but Emily is, Emily's face is perpendicular to... Liza's face so Emily's looking at the wall and Liza's looking at Emily but it cuts focus between Liza to Emily and Emily to Liza and uh in this film they do that a lot like they do that in several different it's it's like he learned how to do that on his camera and wanted to try it out a couple (laughs) times um but it was really spectacular there uh and I thought it was really pretty
1: yeah kind of like uh Ingmar Bergman's persona if you will Ah, there you go. Uh, yeah. Okay. My best shot. Super simple. They're driving away from the hotel towards the very end. Like when they, when the hell, the hell mouth has kind of been opened and they drive away and then all the lights flicker on in the hotel and you can see the shadows of people moving back and forth. It's kind of like home alone three come yeah. to think of it. Um, you know, that classic film home alone three, cause he sets up all these cardboard cutouts of like shack and stuff to move back and forth around the window to make mm-hmm. it look like there's a party going on, but evil.
0: So, Brennan, what was your most Baroque kill?
1: Okay. My most Baroque kill is Mrs. Joe the Plumber comes into the autopsy room to visit her husband and dress him up for in his funeral clothes. And there's, like, some sort of zombie thing next to her that never really comes to life or whatever, but she starts screaming... And then you cut to her little girl, Jill, outside. And she's like, what the hell is going on? My mom's screaming. Then it just cuts to this beaker bubbling. And you're like, no, I don't know what's happening. Italy, please explain this to me. But then the girl walks in and the beaker is full of acid. And it spills over onto the mom who's like lying on the floor. And it
0: looks like water because it's clear.
1: Yeah. So it, it falls onto the mom's face and it starts bubbling. And her face starts to melt. And then like... You, just, you watch this for a while because Lucio Fulci likes to just kind of let it linger. But then as her face dissolves, this acid and blood mixture starts to spread in a giant puddle towards the little girl's shoes. And she's running around the room trying all the doors, trying to escape as this just giant puddle of her mom is chasing her. And I love it. It's so fascinating and terrifying and strange. And it's beautiful and it's it's an effect that looks great because it's easy to do.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean it really just looks like if you've ever made a like a a sand um volcano with like the vinegar mixture, that's what it looks like. You know, it's just like a carbonated mixture. But because of what you just saw with the mom's face, you believe that it's acid, you know? Yeah. So, so something that, you know, could be soap bubbles looks like it's going to kill this girl. Yeah. You know?
1: And also her father just died and she watched her mother's entire body dissolve into this thing that is now chasing her. Yeah. <laughs> it's intense. Yeah.
0: It's really intense. Um, and that's another reason why I like this movie so much is that it's not just one brand of horror, you know, cause that is, that is chemical horror, you know? And, um, uh, that leads into my kill as oh well, God. which is um, what we're going to call just the spider kill. So
1: Spider kill. Spider kill.
0: kill. Um, so Marty, the architect, goes to find the original plans of the house uh, and goes up on this ladder and gets the plans out. But instead of being a normal person and walking down the ladder <laughs> and like reading it at these nice tables that are right there, he decides to read them while standing on the ladder. So, of course, you know what happens. He gets freaked out and falls off the ladder. So he's looking at the plans. It's not entirely clear what he finds in the plans, probably just that like there's more rooms to the hotel or like secret passageways, whatever.
1: Or like someone drew a dick on the blueprint. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um and he falls off uh the the he falls off the ladder. Ladder. And then when he falls off the ladder, you're looking at him as if the camera's on the ground. And in the background on the floor are tarantulas, right? So, first of all, I don't know why City Hall doesn't have a better exterminator. <laughs> but second of all, this kill is amazing because they have several real live tarantulas, right? So, they so let's say they have two or three live tarantulas. And then they have a couple of other like similarly sized spider things that move just a little bit so that it seems like there are a lot more tarantulas than they oh, actually yeah. have. And you watch these tarantulas like in very close-ups walk all the way up to uh marty and then kind of crawl up his hand go across his chest and up onto his face right and then this part is what where it gets really artful because they cut between essentially three different shots very quickly they cut between um the tarantula is standing on glass so you can see its fangs um that are tucked underneath him so you can see kind of as if you were marty laying down um so you're seeing the tarantula's fangs and then you see a fake tarantula biting into the into his face um so you actually see his face kind of ripping apart and then you also see you cut to his eyes so um it's cutting between these three things where you see the spider, you see its fangs, it's real, and then you see the fake spider uh, eating away at the face, which is still looks very real. Yeah. And yeah. then,
1: like, they they combine shots of a fake spider on a real face and a real spider on a fake face. Yeah. And it works pretty well.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, overall, it just it makes it seem like there's so many more spiders mm-hmm. and there's so much movement, but it's also so slow. Because, again, like we said, uh, he likes to, like, really let you sit in it oh yeah you know
1: oh those spiders took so long to crawl so across long. the floor it and was like chariots of fire
0: yeah and and just seeing them in such close proximity to the body makes someone uncomfortable yes but then you see the actual like deterioration and oh. eating and, and then spiders
1: eats, burrowing into the fleshy yeah and like ugh. like
0: like eating his tongue and, and eating his eye and his nose like he tears they tear the nose apart i mean and it's just it's it was just insane uh, and that's why I say you need to watch it with the lights off with nine other people because no matter what, this movie's going to get someone. Like, like if if the blood and guts doesn't scare you, then the spiders will. If if neither the spiders or the blood and guts kill get you, maybe the acid will. Like, there's something for everybody. It is a family film. <laughs> something for yeah. everybody.
1: Yeah, and look, just like. These spiders, these are not your normal garden variety spiders. Like, if these spiders ran into Little Miss Muffet, like, she would be creamed. She would just be a smear of blood on the pavement. Yeah. Anyway.
0: She would leave her curds and whey and run. And yeah, she
1: should. Um, anyway, so uh, moving on, who's your most improbably beautiful woman, Shannon?
0: So my most improbably beautiful woman is Martha. Martha of Martha and Arthur, <laughs> which is going to be our new band name. Martha and Arthur. Um, but she doesn't need to be beautiful by any means. She c- She's supposed to be the hotel hag, you know. Uh-huh. But she doesn't look like one. She is a beautiful woman. Um, and she she just seems like one of those, um, like, uh, background Greek helpers for Mamma Mia who are just... Yeah. Like, they're gorgeous as well, you know, um, for no reason. So, uh, yeah, Martha is mine. Who is yours?
1: Uh, my most probably beautiful woman is Emily, who's the blind girl. mm mm-hmm. um, She's just she can be pretty if she wants. Like her character isn't really a stock character, but she's so pretty. Like she looks like she could be in Clueless and yeah. It was just funny. Like she's so blonde and skinny. Uh anyway, um I think we've discussed the beyond beyond its capacity. Um so let's move on into the games. Games. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. So this game, uh last week we played the name game where I gave you the title of a giallo film or a fake title. But this time I changing it up. I'm updating the game. It's now called everything's coming up giallo. Okay. And so what I will give you is either the title of a giallo film or the title of an E.E. E. Cummings poem. Okay. Um, or a partial title because his poems have really weird parts. Right. So I had to take some of the bits out to make them make sense. Okay. Um, so poem, or actual Italian movie title, and okay. so this is your challenge. Are you ready?
0: As I'll ever be.
1: All right. Number one: Short Night of the Glass Dolls.
0: Um. Uh, e. E. Cummings.
1: That's actually a Giallo film. Okay. Okay. Off n-
0: to a great start.
1: <laughs> this is gonna be so fun. Number two: What have they done to your daughters? Uh, E.E. Cummings. That's also a Giallo film. Ah. All right. Number three, a clown's smirk in the skull of a baboon. Giallo. That's an E.E. Cummings poem. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Number four, the case of the scorpion's tail.
0: E.E. Cummings.
1: No, that's a Giallo film. No. See, you did so well in the last game, I had to mix it up.
0: (laughs) You're spiting me now.
1: Number five, who's most afraid of death?
0: E coming. That is E, e. coming. Okay, thank goodness.
1: Good job. You got you <sighs> got 1 out of 5 so far. Number 6. Do you like Hitchcock?
0: giallo. That is a
1: giallo. It's a really late period giallo from like 06.
0: Yeah, isn't E coming like from long time ago? Yeah.
1: Uh He was alive during Hitchcock.
0: Okay. I don't know. I know nothing about E.E. E. Cumming. I, know, I now know more about Giallo than I do about E.E. E. Cumming. So That's fine
1: with me. Not with our roommate who I whose book I borrowed.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, whatever.
1: Yeah. Um, okay, number seven. A dragonfly for each corpse.
0: Giallo. That is a Giallo. Okay, cool.
1: Uh, all right. Uh, number eight. Here is little Effie's head. E.
0: e. Cummings. That is E.E. E. Cummings. Okay, good.
1: Number nine. My naked lady framed... Jello. No, that's E Cummings. Okay. Number ten, Death Steps in the Dark. Jello. Yeah, that's a Jello. Okay. Uh, number eleven, The Night Evelyn Came Out of the Grave. E Cummings. No, that is a Jello film. Oh, okay. One of my favorite titles, actually. Oh, cool. Uh, number twelve, Sleep with a Lady Called Death. E Cummings. Yeah, that is E Cummings. Okay, you redeemed yourself. You got six out of twelve. Yeah. So you did okay. I got half. And normally I would have a second game here, but we needed to allot some time to mourn David Bowie. And also, unfortunately, someone we didn't mention is that Angus Scrim also passed away. He played the tall man in the Phantasm movies, but neither of us have seen those movies, so we couldn't really pay our respects properly. But just so you know, that happened, and we respect Like our best thoughts go out to his friends and family.
0: Yeah, so we're going to have a moment of silence, and then we will move on to our closing statements. So... All right, on to our closing statements.
1: Uh, what would you recommend for people who agreed with you about this film? So you And you really liked it.
0: Yeah, I really like this film. So uh, it's only right that I recommend Brennan's favorite film. <gasps> I know. Uh, Wreck uh, is um, the only zombie movie that I can even think of that I've seen Okay. as a horror film. But Wreck is really something special because... You don't really know it's a zombie film until, like, you're into it. Uh, but it's also foreign. It's uh, um, uh, Spanish.
1: Yes, it is. From Barcelona.
0: Yes. And it is fantastic. It definitely um, started us on this whole ride. Wreck was probably the first horror film I had ever really seen.
1: Oh, that's a good start.
0: Yeah, I know. I know. Uh, so, yeah, Wreck is amazing. You should watch it. It's very very good. Very good. (laughs) And what, what are you recommending?
1: Okay. So I was trying to think of another horror film that took place in a hotel. I came up with a couple. They're, you know, The Shining, Psycho, Motel Hell. But of course, me being me, I picked private parts. It's an early 70s film that's set in a hotel. Like a young girl becomes estranged from her family and has to move into this super weird hotel. And she, like, falls in love with this creepy photographer guy. And it's just a super weird, trippy 70s film that I feel kind of matches the trippy weirdness of this film. And on to our clues section. Um, What we'll be watching and discussing next week is the film Twitch of the Death Nerve, also known as Bay of Blood. It's a Mario Bava classic giallo film. Okay, the about the clue from last week, I said it was we were looking for the second last house on the left or whatever. It's because Twitch of the Death Nerve was also billed as the Last House on the Left Part Two, even though it came out before the Last House on the Left,
0: which we referenced in our Ghost Cat episode. So, which everyone you, should have listened right, to, right? If you had listened to our Ghost Cat episode, which is one of our our best work,
1: probably I will tell you not but, um, Ellen Page's best work.
0: No, but ours definitely. Uh, then you will have uh, had a had a leg up in the competition. So yes,
1: and yeah. See, no. If you listen thoroughly, sometimes the clues will sneak in. And here's the clue for our episode two weeks from now. For Shannon's birthday, we'll be hosting a big celebration in a little house on the Canadian prairie. It'll be one of the top ten events of your life. If you have a guess for that clue, if you have any questions, comments, or champion dialogues you want to share from Twitch of the Death Nerve, which is actually on Shudder. If you want to redeem our potential of being sponsored by them, you can get a free 14 day trial of Shudder and try to watch Bay of Blood and hope it works. Um, yeah,
0: again, we, we make no money from this and we actually hated our first experience with it. But if it works for you,
1: Please let us know. Yeah,
0: and you could watch it with us. So that's the only reason we're telling you.
1: Yeah. Anyway, so you can contact us via Twitter at Scream101Pod, Facebook at Scream101Podcast, via email at Scream101Podcast at gmail.com. Find us on iTunes. Subscribe, rate, and review us. Give us five stars so we don't send spiders to eat your eyes.
0: Yay. <laughs> so, Brennan, who who will be singing us out?
1: Actually, David Bowie will be singing us out. I've compiled kind of a special tribute to him and the works that he inspired. So please enjoy.
0: Yay! You remind me of the babe. What
1: babe? Babe with the power. power
0: of voodoo. Voodoo. Do,
1: do. do what?
0: Remind of the babe.
1: Control to Major Tom Ground control to Major Tom Take your protein pills and put your helmet on It's working your The count goes on 4, three, two. What to wear? What they're going through? Changes. Turn and face the strain. Changes. Don't tell them to grow up on all events. But her mommy is yelling And her daddy has told her to go But her friend is nowhere to be seen Now she walks through her sunken dream Uh, so, Shannon, what was your most Baroque kill?
0: Let's switch that because you introduced okay. the last one. Uh, so, Brennan, what was your most Baroque quill? quill <laughs> Baroque quill. Baroque quill.
1: Uh, Peter quill, actually.
0: <laughs> so, so Brennan, uh, what was your most Baroque quill?
1: <laughs> We're keeping this part it.
0: You try to say that.
1: Baroque kill.
0: What was your... <laughs> so, Brennan, See, what... See, I'm a professional, Shannon. Whatever. Uh Home Alone Three. <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> All right, bye everyone.
0: Ciao.